Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here with a preseason edition. Knicks lose 121 to 112, but that does not matter, of course. Um, before we get things started, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's jump into some Knicks. I am Sam. I'm joined, of course, by Tyrese and Jeff for some preseason overreaction time. Um... I mean, I think the place to start, I guess, would be with R.J. Barrett, I believe, with the way he started off the game. Um, just getting to the line, driving to the lane, um, making his free throws. Um, you know, if he can continue to do that and, you know, the jump shots fall at a considerably better rate than they did last year, then I think we're cooking with some gas right there. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can add on to, you know, the the Randall and Brunson um combination there but yeah pretty good pretty good um showing from RJ and it looks like you know that FIBA um that FIBA experience is a little bit is carrying over a little bit into his play in the NBA so far so yeah you're muted Tyrese my bad pretty easy for all of us uh yeah uh <laughs> If he gets to the line 12 times like that and he's able to convert down and out as well, that's a good rate for him. Uh, otherwise, like, true shooting's been through the roof. Uh, he's doing what he needs to do. That's a good, That was a good overall game for him. I like how engaged he was defensively as well, like, especially off-ball stuff. Like, he was in passing lanes. He was being very disruptive. He wasn't falling asleep off-ball, which has been, like, a big thing for him, especially, like, the last two years, I want to say. So, he seemed really engaged. He seemed... Very decisive with his drives. I felt overall the process was really good. I know like he didn't have the efficiency that you want ideally, especially from three, but like four out of seven on twos and the ability to like take the open threes and having the trigger that he needs that Quentin Grimes needs, but like that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, otherwise it was a really good process game from him. And honestly, preseason is about just having process and being able to like see how engaged he is in a preseason game like that bodes very well for what the Knicks want to do this year, especially with him at the forefront of it. Yeah, you nailed it. It's just the process was really good. Um, Pretty much everything he did was sustainable. He made a lot of good reads. I think he leaned a little bit heavier on shooting, but like he had it going. So he had the right to sort of, you know, call his own number, um, in terms of weighing shot versus pass on his drives and the timber and the Timberwolves were one, they were living with RJ, you know, in one-on-one and then two, 
with the help of Randall, he got out in transition a lot, which is, those are his best opportunities. And when RJ is out in transition, you want him to be a little bit selfish. Um, like Tyrese alluded to, his actual field goal percentage shot 40% from the game is weighed down by the three-point shooting. And honestly, probably the most upset I was with him the entire game was when he passed on an open three and kind of bogged down a possession. Like, especially because it's preseason, I like that he's just firing away and getting himself in rhythm before the season starts. I don't think anybody expects him to ever replicate being the 40% three-point shooter he was his second season, especially if it's on decent volume. But he can't just ignore the three-pointer in 2023. He that that That's not going to work either. Um, defenses are too smart, and if they know you're not going to shoot, eventually they're going to be able to take away your ability to get to the rim unless you're like a super upper percentile, you know, like a Giannis type. Like, But if you're not Giannis, you need to have multiple levels to your scoring ability. So I like that he's shooting, um, and I like that he's getting in rhythm. Hopefully he can, you know, balance out at 33 to 36% somewhere in there this year. And if he does that, like Tyree said, if he keeps getting to the line, I, I mean, I, I think we can see that we can expect to see the true shooting percentage uh, pop up, you know, maybe 55, 56, 57% this season, which would be with the improve with an improved effort on defense and better rim reads. I mean, that's a good 23 year old season next to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. 57, we're getting bold this year, baby. Woo! Woo. <laughs> um, but yeah, <clears throat> speaking of um, <clears throat> solid seasons putting up next to our main guys, I want to highlight a one um, Mitchell Robinson. Um, defensively through these first two preseason games, he has just looked somehow even better, I would say, than last year. Um, um, or at least it's trending towards that. And, you know, hopefully he can put himself a nice, solid um, defensive player of the year campaign. Only one block. And, you know, that block was very impressive on Cat um, running back on defense, getting that little chase down block. But he just overall looks like he looks like better in shape. And like the, the rebounding is always going to be there. You just know what you're going to get from Mitchell Robinson. And, you know, you're just hoping that from day one till all the way to the game 82 and to the playoffs, it's just like the same way it was towards that last end of the stretch of the season. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you're just rooting for health basically. Um, I think his production is pretty almost a given like, I don't know if there's much more he can do. The, the The real one thing that's left, I would say, is the Knicks giving him more opportunities on short rolls. But, like, I don't think beyond that there's really much more he can do besides small improvements in what he's already very good at. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting to watch and see how big a part of the game plan Mitchell Robinson becomes. Because we saw what happened when the Heat really honed in on him. Like it's not even really his fault. He just, when they put two bodies on you, what he, there's not a lot he can do. He needs, if they're going to keep trying to win on offensive rebounds, he's still doing his job. He's getting two bodies. He just can't physically grab the rebound. So either we need to send someone else for the rebound or need to find a different way to maintain the offensive efficiency. Um, That's a different conversation. But the point is, is that, you know, if Mitch requires two people to box him out, he's still technically doing his job, even if it's not showing up on the stat sheet. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that health is the most important thing for him. Um, defensively, I mean, that block on towns was so nice, but it's really hard to tell like how good he is because him and Grimes are just, they start in such a hole. Like even with RJ playing well and like Julius, you know, Julius has looked better this postseason. Brunson's just not a good defender. Like they're just not a very good defense for whatever reason that unit. If you go, if you go and rewatch that first quarter when, and I thought that was a high quality first quarter. I don't know about you guys. I, I heard Wally say it. I thought the same about the Warriors Lakers game last night. They're, they're really, really trying in these games. And I just thought the Timberwolves kind of got whatever shots they want and missed a lot of open looks. I, I did not like the Knicks defense coming out of the gate here. I'm not saying they're doomed, but given that the starting lineup last season had like one of the worst defensive ratings in all of basketball last season, it's not super encouraging for them to come out two games and just not really be defending very well. Even if we are seeing incremental improvements from RJ and Randall, who were two of their weaker spots last season on that end. I've kind of just accepted the Knicks are going to be a mediocre defensive team, just given the personnel, especially in the starting lineup. Like when all of like your really quality top perimeter defenders are like, aside from Grimes, are in your bench rotation. I kind of feel like it's hard to get a good defense with the starters unless you're like mixing and matching. Um, I don't know. I just if they're like twelfth, I'm happy with it. Um, they were 19th last season. They did get better after Josh Hart, and they did get better after the rotation change, but I'm not expecting a really quality defense this year, which is strange because their playoff defenses are always elite. But I also think that's just because, like, Tom Thibodeau, he, the man can coach defense. I know that much. Um, but I'm just looking for, like, again, I just didn't really think about the process. And for Mitch especially, like, he looked great. Um, again, the short roll opportunities are the one thing he could probably like expand on, aside from like, hitting his free throws. But like, if you, if he gets fifty percent on free throws, like that's a that's a win because it, it's not going to get significantly better. Um, yeah, for the most part, though, like he played fine. Again, um, all defense level impact, but like he's never going to get it because he just doesn't have sexy stats. I, it's really not much to say about Mitch. Like it just, Mitch is there. He does his things. You're just kind of wishing he stays healthy. But like, the dude is as good as advertised, and he has been for like the last three seasons. So, speaking of defense, and you brought up you know sexy stats. I think it's cool that through two games, Tibbs is kind of letting Divincenzo be Divincenzo. Yes. Like one of the, one of the things you worry about when Tibbs is your coach is that he's going to kind of take a player and try to fit him into this box that he's like, we've seen it before, you know, that he's taken other good. Now this isn't meant as a criticism of tips. He's also taken bad players and gotten the most out of them. You know, it's just like a weird tipsism. Sometimes he takes good players and is like, okay, I want Evan Fournier to play the Reggie Bullock role, you know? And it's like, we know that Evan Fournier can, could do a little bit more, um, but whatever. I digress. And when DiVincenzo came from one of his strengths was the ability to get blocks and steals, which is something the Knicks don't get a lot of. They don't get a lot of live ball turnovers. Tibbs plays a pretty conservative scheme. And 
at least through two preseason games, DiVincenzo's steal rates have remained the same, and his activity in hunting steals seems to have remained the same. And he's, I think as long as he does so within the scheme and he doesn't like get burnt being out of position, Tibbs is going to keep letting him do that. Um, speaking of live ball turnovers, it seemed like the Knicks got a lot of those today. And I feel like that's something that if they continue, I don't know if it was just the Timberwolves being sloppy or whatnot. Um, and maybe that was the case. I mean, they haven't played since like those Abu Dhabi games, which have been a couple weeks ago. But um, I mean, if the Knicks can continue to get live ball turnovers, I think that uptick can help their offense. Um, a little bit more just because like that's something that it didn't seem like that's something that they did all that often last year um, and you know easy transition opportunities are you know they're like something that the Knicks really didn't really get to capitalize all that much on last year so if they can do that and get those um those easy transition points I feel like that that would do immense um do well for us immensely I like the fact that Dante's able to gamble um that's his strength as a defender is his ability to like play passing lanes and have the ability to kind of like jump passes if he sees it. And he's really good at doing that. I also think that quickly has been allowed to roam a bit more because Dante could cover on ball assignments and that's helping quickly steal rates all ton because I think he had three last game and now he's had two this game. He had three tonight. Oh, he had three tonight. Okay. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if quickly and Dante are like around like, one plus steals a game because like both of them are going to be allowed to gamble both of them are going to be allowed to like play that free safety role one of them could like play man one of them could play like zone if you want to use like a football term essentially where like one of them could just kind of like free roam or one of them can kind of just like play that on ball defense and both of them could switch between it um i think jeff mentioned this last spot but it was like the fact that they're able to switch already in preseason is really good for this team's like defensive ceiling because Dante and quickly are like, they're similar builds. They're similar kind of like wingspans. So like rangy and the fact that they can go between like, okay, we're going to guard on ball and guard off ball is really good for this team's defense. I think I want to get into like the bench unit specifically because I don't think we've like have really talked about how good, RJ at the four on offense is going to be because now he gets to do stuff as a screener and it's so good to see <laughs> it's so good to see him be a screener like thank god we finally realized he, he's like a 3-4 not a 2-3 like it's beautiful it's beautiful and the fact that Hartstein gets to do more as a passer especially from like the top of the arc to like the top of the key like there's so there was so much more cutting there's more movement, especially in that second unit. There's a lot more energy. And it feels that like having two shooters on the court instead of one shooter in that bench unit gives them so much more spacing. And if Hartenstein is like able to do more as a passer, like the ceiling for that unit is immensely high. Yeah, they already have like it seems a cool little play, a three-man action between Hardenstein quickly and RJ. Like working on what you were just talking about Tyrese using RJ as a screener and then having a counter off that where quickly cuts back door. Um, like the fact that they're messing with both RJ as a screener and then Hardenstein as a hub at the top of the key, like trying to d- diversify the schemes with on the, in that unit is just really encouraging. It's, it's so nice to say. 
Oh, Thibodeau's learning. This is like the best day of my and, life. And then he slaps you in the face by throwing Jericho Sims at the four for like five minutes. Okay, baby minutes. steps. And baby steps. And then he's like, I remember who I am. Remember <laughs> who I am. Okay, there were like people who legitimately thought Jericho Sims could be like an answer at the four. And I need y'all to actually have like a sense of shame. Like, please do not think Jericho Sims should see any time in the court other than like garbage minutes or if somebody at the vibe is hurt. I just I just hope he doesn't start off the season thinking like, you know, hey, you can like mess around with this experiment just a little bit longer into the regular season and then before he cuts it down back to nine. Like I hope he doesn't do some stupid stuff like that. I doubt it. I feel like if anything, the night the tenth would be Fournier. Do you Fournier think- has been in a lot of run. That's right. I was I was literally about to ask that. Do you think they do you think they just go to nine right away, or do you think they try to ease in at ten with Fournier? And God, that would annoy the shit. I think they could. I think they might do ten. Just for a bit. If they do ten and they let they they essentially let Fournier win the PR battle this offseason. I mean, like, I don't <laughs> unless you're like getting toasted in like the 10 minutes he might play, maybe. If they can hide him properly within like the DiVincenzo, I they can. I think they can. You know, Josh Hart unit. Like, if they can hide him and like he can just be like a little sharpshooter within that little role, then if he shoots like he's shooting right now, then you try it. But if not, then why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you just play Deuce? Yeah, it's like you could probably do Deuce Deuce better. Yeah, I think Deuce they're all. I mean, really that's what I would do. But we're thinking about like Tom Thibodeau, and we're thinking about the Knicks right now. So like, they're not gonna do what we want to do until it's like way later in the season, and then they're like, "Oh, the fans were right. They are smart. Wow." But no, they have to do this stupid experimentation phase. I, I'm like, <laughs> uh, how do I say this? That sounds like a crazy preseason reactor. I'm like. Hey, this is this is what this is for. I'm Crazy like two, I'm like two like percent. I'm like two percent worried about the quickly minutes. I got. I gotta be honest. You should. I would, if, somebody, if somebody offered me over under twenty six and a half minutes on the season, I would take the under and I would bet it hard right now. The season? Yeah. No, like twenty six and a half per game. Oh no! No! no. Like you no, think he, you're, he's going over. Are you kidding? Well, okay. I think that okay. he's played too well. Tell me how. Tell, tell me how. Season. How does he go over? Because Emmanuel quickly is going to force his way into a rotation that he does every year. You guys, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to you. Tom Thibodeau has his choice of shooting guards to play next to Jalen Brunson. Rank his options right now in Tom Thibodeau's mind between Grimes, Divincenzo, and Quickly. Because right me, now, yeah, to me, it seems very obvious that it's Grimes, DiVincenzo, quickly. Like, he would much rather have DiVincenzo at the two than quickly next to Brunson specifically. Uh, I don't know. I don't th- I think, I mean, Grimes right now looks like he's as scared as like a nerd. Yeah, I would say Grimes shouldn't be games. number one right now. I know Grimes is a starter, but I wouldn't rank him number one. I think he's just like starter for like, you know. That's his role. Like Evan Alfred Payton's role was just to be Alfred Payton. So like, <laughs> like I feel like Grimes has like cemented himself another number six, of course, as like that de facto starter, no matter like what. And like mm-hmm. Quickly's role is always like de facto backup point guard. So like, okay, but w- but my point is though, still, 
With the way Thibodeau substitutes, so quickly he's going to come in for Brunson. Let's say he comes in for Brunson at like the three-minute mark, right? So then since bench players, they only play one shift per half. That's what he does. That's what we, we have three years of evidence for that. So Brunson's eventually going to come back in, right? He's going to come back in before Grimes. So let's just say Grimes stays on the bench and Brunson's coming back in. Who do you guys think he's coming back in for? DiVincenzo or Quickly? Because to me, I think he's always going to lean towards pulling Quickly before DiVincenzo, unless Quickly is playing really well. Yeah, I think, I think my whole point is that I think Quickly plays so well that he plays Brunson and Quickly together. Yeah, I don't think Quickly gets off to a rough start as he, as he did in, in years prior. He was really bad in the first half tonight. That was one of the worst halves of basketball I've ever – I'm not worried about him as a player, and I'm not really even worried about – how much Thibodeau likes him. I, I think it's clear Thibodeau likes him. I'm not, this isn't even a Tibbs thing. I just mm. think it's like a weird roster construction thing where circumstance is just going to suppress his minutes. So like when I say I'm worried about it, I'm not worried about it from the Tibbs aspect or from the quickly aspect. Although I could see him getting like a little discouraged, but I am worried that like a guy who just anytime he's on the court, good things happen, isn't going to play enough. And that could be bad for the team. That's the problem. That's- the problem is like that applies to like five different guys in the team. Does it though? Who are other guys that won't play enough? Randall and Brunson. No, I'm talking about like guys who like when they get on the court, good things happen. Right, but the other ones they play. Nobody's worried about Josh Hart playing enough. Oh, Josh Hart's gonna be number one. Oh, by the way, like for the hypothetical, Josh Hart's the number one. Like Like, it'll it'll, it'll be Brunson, Josh Hart, RJ, Randall, Mitch, and I will die on that hill. Um, That'll be their go-to closing lineup. Yeah, I'm kind of. So we're gonna get. That. We're gonna have to deal with another year of. A yeah, season. yeah, it's gonna get Hart filthy. Get, it's gonna to, get filthy. Where RJ and Hart get killed in their minutes together. Uh huh. <sighs> Even um, though he's gonna look at the like the bench and he'd be like, "Oh, two shooters, two shooters makes it work." Yeah. That's no, I mean, yeah. I, I again, I said two percent. I'm just saying. I just think. I just think it's gonna be weird, like because. We know Thibodeau doesn't do the like, okay, I'm going to bring quickly in for Brunson and then I'm going to bring Brunson back in for DiVincenzo. He's not really a big fan of like A for B, B for C subs. He likes the hockey shift, like you're his backup, that's your role. And I could just see like quickly, basically the totality of his minutes being when Brunson's not in and then when he really has it going, Tibbs will let him close halves. And I think he'll like round out at like 22, 23, 25, 24 minutes a game. Like, I just don't see how he approaches 30 unless there's an injury. And to me, that's kind of worrisome. I don't know about you guys. I will wait to see how things play out. Cop out. Nope. Nope. Cop out. Nope. Give it is. Because, because no, because years that have been too positive, bad things have happened. You've years never that have been, been too, too negative. What if you ever been too positive? Too positive? I was too positive Dude. the year after the We Hear year. I yeah. was like, we're going to win 50 fucking plus wins, and we are going to go to like the, the second round of the playoffs. You and then, and then Randall one. had liquid <laughs> diarrhea running down his leg. You said we for the whole after game year. one. You said Sam, weren't, that Sam, weren't you at opening night that year? I was open. And I you was said we peaked that day. So, Tyrese, and I was right. <laughs> Tyrese, you think that he wasn't on cloud nine leaving MSG that night? You think he, you think no, Sam he didn't was, tell one Sam person cloud, we're winning the fucking Sam's title? Sam's cloud like, nine is optimism with pessimism. 
Where like you'd you be have like, to be you know cautious. What? You're like, I'm just like, you know what, man? This is the best day of my life, but something might happen. So that way I can't be too excited. excited but like, about was it. I wrong Sam though? is never happy. But was I wrong though? <laughs> I'm not saying was you were wrong. wrong. I'm just saying exactly. Never so like, if I'm not wrong is. in my theory of going about things, then why would I change it? I do think it's I do think it's funny that me and Sam like launched. Tyrese, were you on this from the beginning? I'm sorry if that was Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, then I do think it's funny that the three of us launched this show with literally rock bottom at the end of that season. <laughs> like, it was just the three of us trying to attract an audience and coming on here every night. Like, God damn it. Every single night. <laughs> it, it was pure misery on here, but we made it work. Um. All right, let's talk about... Who should we talk about next on this team? Um, Doofy Freud. I mean, we could talk about, I guess, like, Deuce. Deuce had a nice showing at the end of that game. Six for six, four for four from three. Um, 16 points. Um, it's always up and down with Deuce. Um, I mean, like, the defense is always there, but, like, you're always wondering, is the shooting going to be there? And, like, if the shooting isn't going to be there, do, do you trust Thibs to trust him to stay on the court for whatever limited minutes he would warrant anyways? Because he would end up being, like, what, the 10th man if he were to be inserted into rotation? So it's like Deuce has, yeah, yeah, because it's definitely not like one through nine is solidified already. Like that is in. But if they do decide to expand to 10, it's like between him, Sims and Fournier right now, duking it out for. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a possibility. The fact that he keeps playing him at the four is concerning me. That is. Please stop. People are like, oh, yeah, you need to fight size and size. Bro, Jericho Sims (laughs) at the four. Hear yourself talk. Size with size versus God. what team in this league that you need to so put like, Jericho oh, we Sims need to at go the big four. against the Cavs? I'm like, we just saw that's <laughs> against the Cavs. We don't need Jericho Sims. I need Jericho Sims giving out Gatorade, not playing the four. <laughs> you know, oh, like, man. four I want to see Jericho Sims give out is four high fives. Don't give <laughs> it. Wouldn't be so, um, like or. I don't know about Tyrese. I want to speak for Tyrese, but I wouldn't be so demonstrative demonstrative about hating it if there weren't weird people trying to like defend it. Like <laughs> the fact that those people, like, every night Wally is on the air, like you know we're gonna see this. We're gonna, and it's like, dude, why? Like I don't understand. And then you've got people on Twitter who like love you know who are predisposed to defend Tibbs who are like preemptively like they're they're like. Oh God, Tibbs might do something that people don't like. I got to get out in front of this. I got to defend it. Like, oh. listen, listen. I promise. I promise. Top Thibodeau told me specifically. He came to me in a dream, and he's like, "Listen, listen, Jericho Sims. You think he would the four or five that Jericho Sims wears in his backs for his positions? I promise. <laughs> he can. Do, he can play the four. Yeah. Watch Jericho Sims take a jumper. Jericho Sims is gonna take a jumper, and I'm gonna throw my keyboard. Dude, did you see that shot clock violation? Like, RJ gets the grenade. There's four seconds left on the shot clock. He actually beats his defender. There's a second defender who stunts. So RJ does the natural thing and kicks it out to the wide-open Nick in the corner. But it's Jericho Sims, so he can't can't do anything. And then he tries to dribble into a handoff to nobody, and the shot clock expires. And it was like, that position right there should have killed the experiment. That one right there. It's like, dude, like, not only is it already bad because they can just ignore him, but like quickly and RJ, who are the primary initiators in that lineup, are they're just gonna get killed. They have no chance. 
that was it's worse ridiculous. than his dunk contest, and that's hard to top. Like, oh my gosh, don't even bring up his dunk contest, please. <laughs> if, you were, if, if you were gonna, if you were gonna argue that, okay, I really like Sims's rebounding at the four. I want more size at the four. I don't think RJ is big enough at the four. Then you need to make sure that 100% of the time that Jericho Sims is playing power forward, Jalen Brunson is on the court. Because Jalen Brunson is the only one who could contain, who could create offense in that ridiculous spacing. If you staggered somehow to make it so that Brunson stayed on the court for all the Jericho Sims power forward minutes, I could maybe see you pulling off a positive net rating with that lineup because Sims would help you on the defensive glass. He's a great man defender. Like, let's not talk bad about Jericho Sims in a vacuum. Like, when he gets switched on to guards, he's awesome. And it's really, really impressive. But when your best two initiators are Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett, you're already kind of starting behind. Like, RJ's like neutral to plus. Quickly's slightly below average as an, just as an initiator. He's just not there yet. He struggles to beat his man off the bounce. That's okay. Like, he's still young, he's still learning. So they're already kind of neutral or in a hole. And then you put Jericho Sims at the four next to them. You're just, you're destroying their chances. I feel like the only way that Jericho Sims at the four works, like first Hardstein has to be in the court. Jalen Brunson has to be in the court. And maybe you could do like DiVincenzo and Grimes and try to get like as much shooting as you can to make it work. Like essentially you have like Jalen Brunson initiated. You have the two best shooters on the court with you. Who could also play good defense? If Jericho Sims are kind of roaming around playing man defense and then like Isaiah Hartenstein like doing stuff at the top of the key as a as a hub. That's the only way that lineup works. I'd be really interested to watch Brunson Grimes, Steven Chenzo, Hart, Hartenstein. Just to see. Like I I because that's a that's a great call. Like I actually think that five man unit would do well. It does, like even I think that's as well as you could do with Jericho Sims. That's an April lineup. <laughs> if I've ever seen one. That's what Tim's gonna be like. You know what? Let's fuck around for a little bit. Like, that's either if we're eliminated or we're like resting dudes. We're gonna see that. Yeah, I mean, it has to be resting dudes. It's just impossible to see it though, because when you wait until the four minute mark every single game to sub, make your first sub, you just are limiting the combinations of players you can have, and that's that's why he always ends up doing the like ABA substitution pattern. Because, I mean, how can you get a bench guy in the game? pull him from the game and then get him back in the game and then pull him again in the last like 16 minutes of the half. You just don't do it. Like when you watch a Bucks game, when Budenholzer was the coach, Bobby Portis would come in at like the seven minute mark of the first quarter. Like that was their first substitution. They're off, you know? And that's why they get all these different combinations and like whatever. I mean, Bucks lost in the first round last year. So I'm sure Knicks fans are like, Ooh, you know, but. <laughs> well, there's a Damian Lillard this off season. So there's that. God. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be interesting to watch. They're gonna be fun. That's the league best team if I've ever seen one. Until we have to play them. Or oh, until, we at Christmas too. Oh god. Until, until there's Christmas, New York fans, Giants their, Eagles, Knicks versus Bucks. Who is their sixth man? Portis. Bucks. Um Portis. So who's their fifth Portis. man? Who, who's their fifth starter? Is it Pat Connaughton? Pat, it's Connaughton. Pat or Malik Beasley. Okay. All right. Let's not. Let's not. We don't need to put. Let's we play like Chris Middleton at the two and start Bob. Yeah, we got old old Lillard, Giannis. Okay. They lost their best defender, or excuse me, 
According to you guys, they lost a piece of garbage who's terrible and can't play. Yes. Offensively yes. in the playoffs? Yes. 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 Uh, God. I will holiday, I cannot wait to see, office I cannot wait to see with him the okay? and Jalen Brown loose ball turnovers all in the playoffs after dribbling into nowhere. We're going to have to watch a Celtics title. And you guys are just going to have to sit nope. there and be like, they're not nope. winning the title. Nope. Second they're, nope. they're not getting out of the second nope. round. I don't nope. care. They're not getting out of the second round. One Chris Stapps injury and one Al Horford HGH missed um, supply <laughs> run. And they're done. That's it. Al enters up the Balco package myself. <laughs> they're not getting to the they're getting games to the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel, like, I feel like we as Knicks fans need to we need to very early on assess our chances of getting the one seed. And if we can't get the one seed, we need to root like hell for the Cavs to get the one seed so that we can <laughs> The Bucs and Celtics take each other out in the second round and we get the Cavs in round two. Like that is I feel like that's what Knicks fans need to do. I, mean, I think I think we get top three. Man, who do you think who of the Celtics and Bucks do you think kind of takes it easy? Definitely not the Celtics, right? I think the Bucs. Okay. I can see the Bucs going like You think it takes a while playoffs. to figure it out? Yeah. Uh I mean like right now I'm probably thinking like Milwaukee, Celtics, Knicks in whatever order. But yeah, it's gonna hit like a shotgun blast when Milwaukee comes out twenty dollars to start the season. <laughs> Pick and rolls are just insane. You think Pat Cod is out here hooping like that? Nah, I just think the Damon Giannis pick and roll is gonna be nasty. Dame pulling from forty and Giannis rolling to the rim with no one to stop him. And then Dame tweaks a hamstring and he's out for like six weeks and we're good. I mean, a lot of the top teams in the East, like it's like they're like one or two injuries away, especially I mean, Boston. Like Dame, Boston's like Dame's so old. Al Horford is an ACH user. The Cavs are the Cavs. Who cares? The Celtics are pretty safe. Uh, it's Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown live ball turnovers. The Celtics. The Celtics. Celtics. I don't. I like for me. I know everyone says like depth doesn't matter, but like they run like what six or seven deep. Really? Like I mean, when you look like, at their guys? Count Peyton Pritchard as a hooper now? Strong six. I mean, they've got six man of the year candidate, Peyton Pritchard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Boston media is already already pulling. They're already them. working. Like, they're they're already ready. No one, the only one that works harder than them is the devil, man. I have, another, I, have an, I have another thing I'm rooting so hard for. I want Malcolm Brogdon to put up better stats in Portland than he did in Boston and everybody to ignore him. Like everybody, just not give a shit. Just like it's gonna, oh, be, yeah. it's gonna be really easy because they got so many fun young guys over there. Yeah, just, I mean, no, I just like, mean like see Celtics fans be like, yeah, so what? I don't care. They put up twenty eight. Look, they they don't he, they don't he didn't help them win. Huh? Even though the Celtics were like six points worse when he played last year, and the Knicks were better with quickly on the court than the Celtics were with Brogdon on the court. Quickly to get their back in blood, man. Despite starting in like a ten point hole. I mean, like, if this is the year for quickly to get it, it would be this year because he's never starting. Dude, no way. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Never starting. He's he. Look, look. I might be wrong about his minutes this year, but he's definitely not like lock. Like he he's definitely going to have volatility in his minutes, and there will be somebody who's just like actually a fifth starter. Last year was quickly's year. Because he's a favorite he was, to start of the year at six man of the year. Yeah, I don't know. That's no, no. Wait, what that's are the bad. odds right now? That's, that's a bad. He's price. at he's at plus eight fifty. Bad price. They're just um, unless they they give him like I don't know like a like a Derek Jeter 
gold glove or something and they're like yeah here you go we'll just give it to you because we should have given it to you i mean the other candidates i see right here on the list are norman powell malik monk malcolm brogdon buddy healed chris paul Derek white bobby portis chris paul's interesting um starting though dude no yeah chris paul rather die than give up a starting spot he's starting (laughs) well i guess i mean he also said he'd rather die than not play in a finals again (laughs) finals again and he's he's i don't know if that's happening yeah, like, oh, wait, what was the what was the meme, Sam? He was like, "I'm addicted to playing the finals." in the finals, and he's never been back there again. Got hooked off one use. Oh, what a lazy, Cold what an awful addict. <laughs> Good for him, though. It's tough to get clean, you know. You're a horrible <laughs> addict, Chris Paul. Like, how's that a roast? <laughs> um, I feel like Monk is gonna win. That's my that's Monk? my pick. Monk's okay. role is very safe. And yeah. They're like or just Pritchard's gonna win. I can see Pritchard win. Like I no, I can no. actually see that it. That would like, be horrible. I will no, never no. doubt the green media ever again. Yeah, they are strong. They Dude, are strong. I was I was interacting that. with I was interacting with Heat, some Heat content creator this offseason. And he raised a really good point. When Marcus Smart won defensive player of the year. Robert Williams was the betting favorite with like a month to go in the season or something. Robert Williams was the betting favorite. And then he got ruled out for the season and they were like, Oh shit, we got to pick it to someone from Boston. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Marcus Smart just shot up the the odds. Like, Oh yeah, he's actually, you know, Marcus Smart's actually the one who's been great. His guard defense, his guard defense. (laughs) Man. Yeah. (laughs) And drew like, again, Drew Holiday defender here. If you're gonna give a guard defensive player of the year, how is it not Drew Holiday? Like I just he's so much. Well, I better think he than wins me. it this year. I think Drew Holiday actually might get. Oh yeah, he's I think he might actually get. No, he's got the green media behind him. What he's gonna win it this year, bro. Because like the the narrative is filthy. Bro, this Drew Holiday guys have never seen it before. They like guys said your team bro, USA is like, like he won them the final for him. Like they said, team USA is like they're like desperate for Drew Holiday. They're out here like, rolling out the red carpet for Drew Holiday. What happened to the basketball club that I loved? <laughs> imagine, can you just imagine the starting lineup: LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Drew Holiday. Like what are we doing here? It would be the uh, the clown soldier meme, you know. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here, man? <laughs> you think we could show up Nigeria and be like, ever. yeah, Drew Holiday's about to lock you up your best player. Dude, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and LeBron. It's like two of the or three of the what 20 best players to ever play the game. And, and yeah, they'll have Embiid. They'll have Embiid who's like coming off an MVP. And then, oh yeah, get Drew Holiday. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh no. Jason Tatum, no, can't do no Jason Tatum, can't do no Devin Booker, no, we're, we're gonna start Drew Holiday. Like, come on, we are gonna we'll get see. embarrassed at the gold medal game if we start Drew Holiday. <laughs> you, you guys are Tatum's gonna kick our ass. But if you if you assume and be LeBron Durant and Steph are your four starters, just from I'm not saying he, I, I agree, it's like a funny pick, but just from a profile synergy standpoint, he actually profiles like a good fit with them. Like you just, I mean, yeah, he just has to guard people. He doesn't have to right. shoot. Just throw someone out there who will give a shit on defense. Exactly. Like, you better, you better embrace that quitting rise role. Can't even shoot the three. I'm right. Just, just, just get quickly. Quickly is like a better Drew anyways. Speaking of quickly and Grimes, um, we spoke about quickly a little bit. Um, nine points. The first half wasn't all that good as Jeff pointed out. 
Um, three steals again. Um, he's looking really well in that off ball, like you know, free safety role you guys pointed out. Um, Quentin Grimes, how do we feel about Quentin Grimes' play in preseason so far? Um, we know he worked out with JJ Reddick this offseason. He worked on ways to get better separation. Um, we saw a little bit of that in that first game. Um, and you know, he worked on things that don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And then he also spoke about how he worked out with um Penny Hardaway about working on you know all these um all these workouts, bro. Like, you're not taking (laughs) any of this shit. Like, what the hell are you trying to do? Sidestep, but how do we feel about how he's played so far in preseason? I know the shots haven't gone down, that's probably like the main thing that matters for him right now. The only thing that matters for him right now, basically. But how do we feel about his play so far? How I feel I am, Grimes. I've been a little meh on his play so far. So I, I could sum up my thoughts on Quentin Grimes' um this preseason and one gif. You don't have to do the Wayne Wade gif where he's like pump faking over and over again. I'll probably tweet it out just so everybody knows what I'm talking about. But like that is how Quentin Grimes has been playing this preseason. And it's like, bro, you worked at all of these moves just to do this. Like, what are we doing here? If RJ Barrett is pulling more than you, there's a problem. I thought I thought you were gonna say uh the Wade Jip where he's sitting on the bench and LeBron's like just staring at him. <laughs> like you were you were like saying like that, like that you are LeBron and you're staring at like you're staring at Grimes to get his shit together. I think that Grimes, look, I'm not gonna say he's like Mitch because obviously there's more volatility to his game-to-game output because he's so dependent on making threes to be directly impactful in that game but just in a vacuum like Grimes's approach is going to be pretty consistent he's gonna provide the gravity he always does he gets attention no matter whether he's shooting well or not and he still moves enough but he's got to make shots and he's got to pull shots when he gets the chance and the thing that's bothered me is that he is passive on his shots like you can really tell that missing one gets to him. Like if he misses one and he gets the ball the next time, unless he's wide open, he wants to go to the basket and like take more control of his output. And I wish like somebody would just be like, dude, just shoot like 12 times a game. Like anytime the ball touches your hands, you have such a high release point. Your, your shot form is so consistent. It's a good look almost no matter what, like just shoot. Um, but his defense is always good. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, poor Prez, man. Like, Prez was so excited seeing him work on movement shooting. And just, like, we haven't come close to utilizing that in two games. Like, oh, we're, we're going to bring we're gonna bring Grimes off a pin down, and he's going to shoot going right. No, we're fucking not. Give me a break. We don't run pin downs in New York. Come on. This is a Tom <laughs> Thibodeau team. What are you talking about pin downs for? Pin what downs? You- that sounds like a stop and frisk. We don't do that shit. We got rid of that. What are you talking about? If, like- we, if we sign J.J. Redick, would he like get a bonus for being a, an assistant coach and like teach us plays? Like, would he be like the first 10 games he comes in and Tibbs just has him just like standing there? Tom Thibodeau is going to be like, what the fuck is the pin down? Get in the corner. <laughs> just stand there and just, yeah. Quit. Who the fuck told you? Sam, 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 what haven't you liked about Grimes' game so far? What's like stood out to you? Um, I just don't like how hesitant he, he can be sometimes. Like, that, that was an issue all of last year um and also like i just want him to be able to find a balance this year between the like you know attacking off the closeouts as well as being aggressive shooting because something that like part of last year what made last year annoying for him is like he early in the year he did all the attacking off the closeouts all that nice stuff 
He was dishing off of them. It became so predictable to a point where it didn't even matter anymore. Like when he did it, it just became a turnover basically because teams were reading it and they were able to get the ball from him. Like, I think that he has to find that right balance of attacking off the closeouts as well as being aggressive with a shot. Um, Hopefully heading into year three, he can find that balance so far in preseason. I haven't seen much of that and hopefully I'm hoping that it's something that he can work out in this early part of preseason heading into the early part of the regular season. So that way, you know, he can be optimized to his fullest potential, at least within the Knicks scheme right now. Um, But yeah, I just want to, I just want to say, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I actually think you're right. But I just want to say that it's got to be tough both for him and for us as fans to objectively analyze him when his sample size game to game fluctuates so much. Like if you're Jalen Brunson, you can figure out balancing shot to pass. You know, you're getting the ball at like almost every, you're touching the ball every time down the court. Grimes doesn't really know when he's touching the ball because his touches are so dependent on defensive breakdowns. Like pretty much defensive breakdowns and good initiation from RJ and Brunson. Like Brunson and RJ are playing well. They're getting to the paint. Oh, and Randall, obviously. If the three of them are getting to the paint, causing that collapse, Grimes might get, you know, touch after touch after touch. But if they're not getting to those spots, his defender has no reason to leave him. And so there's not much he can do. So like if Grimes gets a kick out, you know, with seven minutes left in the first quarter, he, he doesn't know if it's going to be like, Oh my God, is this going to be my first of many or am I not going to touch the ball again for a couple of minutes? You know? So I, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're definitely not wrong. I'm just saying that cre- the, the, the idea of creating a balance has to be kind of hard because you don't know what the, the volume of possessions you're going to be working with. Um, and that's got to be a difficult thing for somebody who's kind of spent his whole life having the ball in his hands all the time, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you get the ball. You touch the ball seven times and a half. Okay. Figure out how to, should I just shoot off the catch every time? Or are people not going to want to pass to me as much if all I'm known for is shooting off the catch? Do I need, and then you get, and then also remember you go into the selfish part of it. He worked all off season on stuff that we're joking about. Oh, he's never going to do these things. He's never going to put the ball on the court, never going to come off a pin down. And like, he wants to get paid too, you know, and I'm sure he wants to show like, Hey, I can dribble. I can get to the hoop. I can pass. I can, you know, I can do this shit. So like just balancing all of that mentally has to be hard on a young kid in only his third season. I agree with you. And I lean more in your direction. I, I wish that he would just shoot more and like almost stop overthinking. I guess I'm just sort of being a little bit defensive because I do think that his process is mostly good. And I think that Knicks fans should uh, be a little bit more lenient with him because he has the most thankless job of the starters, probably besides Mitch. Sorry, that was kind of long. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I do agree with like touch disparity and like the allocation of touches game to game, half to half really. Um, and unit to unit, because sometimes he does get to play with the bench units, and he's more in control of the bench unit. But then when he's played with the starters, like there's a role, know your role, shut your mouth. Um, so it's weird, but it's also like he he fucking knew he was not going to be taking any day. I mean, these goddamn pin downs. What the fuck are you working on, man? Look, JJ Redick 
is great shooter. Like, like you had to be working with Reggie Bullock or some shit, bro. Like, I mean, there is some stuff that he was uh, that I like. There was some. There was one clip I think that I forgot who it was. It might have been Benji or somebody pointed out on Twitter. Like, there was like a move in like a clip during the summer that like he was working on, like just like basic separation, like pump fakes and like side steps and stuff like that, just to gain some extra separation. And those things, like I think those things can translate. Like, those are things that you don't really need like pin downs or anything to really work work on and it's some of the stuff that he showcased in that first um preseason game against the celtics so you know there's hoping that some of that stuff can translate but like the, the pin down stuff i don't think that was really gonna happen and the, and, and the on ball stuff i will say that there are some games where he is able to showcase the on ball stuff like when there when there are injuries and stuff like that he does have the ball in his hands more like for example that dallas game that we shall not speak of in any other context um from last year grimes got to showcase a lot during that game and that was one of the like if we if the outcome of that game had changed uh, if that outcome of that game was totally different we would have remembered that game for something way better which was a really good grimes game like well he had like 32 points or whatever it was and he got to showcase a lot of different stuff so there are these instances where he is able to showcase this stuff and we know injuries are part of the game so there are going to be instances where like a jalen brunson or a quickly or a rj are out for periods of time and you know grimes will have to step up and be that number two or number three guy on a given night or whatever it may be so you know having that stuff in the back of his pocket is something that he like it's good for him to have but it's not something that's going to be needed on a like night to night basis i have a pitch for the knicks so they have clear like pet plays that they like to for each of their guys you know like brunson gets the high screen roll at the center rj gets the pistol julius's favorite play like when julius is in his bag for per se and he's going, he really likes the, the empty side pick and roll. He loves when the weak side is overloaded. And then like him and Brunson, like, like he, he does the fake, the fake screen to force the switch thing. And then he gets the ball and he gets to go to work. Let Grimes be the one to run that play with Julius. Just do that. Just let Grimes be the one to run that pick and roll, that side pick and roll with, with Julius, because that opens up a counter where Grimes jabs and rejects the screen and gets to once every blue moon show something off for him just, and it gets him more consistent touches. Brunson, Randall and RJ are going to get their touches more so Brunson and Randall. But I mean, if RJ keeps playing this way, I promise you he's going to get plenty of touches. Just let Grimes run that pick and roll with Randall when Randall's cooking. Let Grimes be the one to work with Randall. They already have a good two man option. They can work in some counters with handoffs, give and goes, yada, yada. Let that be the way Grimes gets in the game. And I feel like the team will be better off and Grimes will be better off. That's a fair trade-off. I uh, I wonder if we have a reasonable coach that would, you know, consider something of the sort. Quarter! Um, but yeah, it's funny that like, they don't have him, they don't have him and Grimes run the stuff that, you know, him and Evan used to have a good, sort of two game two man game about like it's so weird because like they basically slotted in grimes for evan fournier but don't do any of the stuff that worked well for fournier with randall for grimes weird but yeah um as we head into comments as we head into comments um we do have super chats available now so if you would like to 
support the stream and us in any way possible. That is one way that you can do that. Um, Jeff, you had something you wanted to say? I was just going to say that I agreed with you, that I thought it was weird that he filled in for Fournier. I was going to say, yeah, I had never even thought of that, that he basically replaced Fournier, and then they were like, oh, yeah, but you're not actually going to replace Fournier. Because it's um, weird because, like, the, the whole idea of, like, replacing Fournier with Bullock, he tried to have Fournier replicate, like, I guess, like, the Bullock two-man game that he had with Randall. But, like, he puts in Grimes for Fournier but doesn't want to replicate any of that. It's so weird, but... I'm not in the mind of Thibs, and I would like to keep it that way. So, can you just imagine what goes on in that mind? No, I don't want to imagine. It's <laughs> madness. That guy, his the the way he does things on the basketball court. They somehow eventually come to work in some way or another, but like the the process in which he gets there is like way too convoluted and way too complicated. It's like, you can do the simple route. Like you go straight, he goes over here, turns a corner, makes a left. There's a U-turn. Like, no, you don't need to do all that, but I'm not. So there, like so. it's a straight and then Tibbs just does like three right turns and somehow they get to the same point. It's, it's the funniest thing in the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just watched Tibbs and he's just like, Jericho Simpson, the four increases by rebounding. But I need spacing, so I'm gonna make Hartenstein take threes instead of just like Jericho at the five and spacing around him. And he's like, you know what? This works. It's how it, it's how I win, and it somehow wins, bro. It makes no sense. It somehow works. So weird. Um. All right. So we have. The Celtics coming up on Tuesday. I wonder if they'll play their starters, and I wonder if the Knicks will play their guys just a little bit more. I know as things get closer to the regular season, sometimes teams start to ramp up their starters minutes a little bit more, especially with Thibs. I remember like a year or two ago. Tibbs Tim, usually does the uh, like the the NFL. Like remember how the NFL used to have a four game preseason, and the third game was always like the game they treat like the, they always treat the third game as like the closest to the pro game, and then the fourth mm-hmm. game they they Tibbs kind of seems to do that. Like the third game he takes really seriously. And then the fourth game, he's just like, all right, we've, we've seen enough. Yeah. I feel like that's the same way that the, the league in general, I think the NBA seems to be trending towards, which is a good step away from what the NFL did this year, because like the NFL seemed to like, nobody gave a shit about preseason. And the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, at least to me, seemed kind of rough from an offensive standpoint. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Um, us Giants right. fans, <laughs> us Giants fans are have a totally def, totally oh. other definition of rough right now. I root um, for a more pathetic team than you guys do. So can't I don't want to hear it. The Broncos are way better. No, they're not. Never mind. I tried so we, hard. We all root. We all root for pathetic teams. How about the, that? The seasons are actually so similar. We're both one in whatever, one in five, one in four, one in four, and we our only wins are comeback twenty point victories against terrible teams on the road. The Broncos were down twenty eight seven against Chicago and won that game, which was so fucking I'm so, absurd. I the, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for Sean Payton if they don't get the number one pick. I'm like, how did he let that happen? I don't understand. We could have had Caleb Williams instead. They beat the Bears. Well, you could get Drake May. I like Drake. I mean, I'm I was born in Chapel Hill, so. But I don't think he's close to Caleb Williams. I'm not an idiot. Like, even we're getting Shadur Sanchez at this point, bro. It's over. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy. I mean, 
I can't even say anything. It's pathetic. Giants yeah. drafting a black quarterback? Are you insane, Tyrese? I know. That's why I laugh at it. We're not drafting a minority quarterback. Are you kidding? Hell no. Hell we're no. getting an offensive tackle. We're running this shit back. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, I was I, I wanted to make the greater point of like, NBA preseason seems to be taking things a lot more seriously than the NF, than the NFL preseason, which is a, which bodes well for the beginning of the regular season for the NBA, which, um, you know, bodes well for us as NBA fans to like actually see some good product within the first couple of days. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this preseason game because this preseason game versus the Timberwolves started off pretty pretty good. I mean, like it had like a really good feel intensity the Knicks didn't really hit that many three-point shots which seemed to be a trend continuing from last year um which I hope doesn't continue heading into this year which I want to ask you guys do you think our three-point shooting will be better this year um I mean the addition of Dante DiVincenzo um and like I don't know it seems like if the Knicks do go 10 it'll be some someone of Fournier or Deuce which would increase the shooting um do you think our three-point shooting will be better this year do you think that last year do you think like will it be similar to the way it was towards the end of last year which i think was a little bit better than how we started off the year um and yeah just general from there i think it'll definitely be better i think that rj randall brunson quickly grimes can all shoot better and and i think will shoot better i think that replacing obi with divincenzo is an upgrade so that's six i think the only one who's going to regress and like has to regress is josh hart because he shot like 57 percent for the Knicks. yeah that was insane i think insane but like hey he made his one corner three tonight like the thing is is that while he did shoot an insane percentage one of the things that frustrated us the most about him last season was like he was shooting 47 percent from three but he was shooting like two and a half threes a game so it's not like he drove the Knicks overall percentage way up. Um, but I'd be thrilled if Josh Hart bumped his shots, three-point shots up to like four a game, four or five a game, and his percentage just plateaued at like 35, 36, you know, in that range. If he does that, that's really good. Um, especially There was Kyle. a year, I think, that he shot like 38% from three or something like that. I think it was like his rookie year, maybe his second year he did. Um. But yeah, if he could get to like 37 or something, like, I don't know, man. That'd be pretty damn good. But I don't know. Because like, he doesn't like to take them. Yeah, you're right. He shot 37%. Oh, wait, no, that was last year. Yeah, he shot 37% last year, but that was with his ridiculous Knicks. He shot 37% for Portland. Oh, that was only 13 games. Okay, yeah. So he shot 34%. He shot shot 40% as a rookie. He shot 40% as a rookie on three attempts a game. Oh, three attempts. Huh? Not, not too bad. Yeah. Oh, but I was right. He only shot two attempts a game as a Nick, and he shot 52%. What the fuck, man? But yeah, if you can, like, level that up where, like, you know, the attempts go up and the percentage still stays at, like, a reasonable level, like, that can definitely help the Knicks a ton. Like, 37% yeah. on, like, three attempts per game would be, like, solid. Yep. Yeah, he shot... So from 2019, I'm just going to ignore that rookie year. I'm just going to assume that's, I don't know. Um, from 2019 to 2022. Lakers Right, exactly. Just some Lakers. <laughs> fucking franchise, man. Oh, we have Russell Westbrook, no cap space, and we don't have a draft pick for 10 years. We'll just get Austin Reeves. Sure, sure. Why not? Like, I just <laughs> what is that? I don't understand. Um, 
So Hart from 2019 to 2022 averaged four, 5.4, 4.1, 3.9 attempts a game. Like, just do that, dude. That's cool. Like, please do that. And he should, because he's gonna get he's gonna have more space playing with RJ and DiVincenzo and quickly. Like that lamp's gonna be and Hardenstein. Dude, Hardenstein nailed a three tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Five outs facing baby we're in the future. Keeping the defense honest. Keeping them honest. Hit them on top of the key, bro. If he hits above the break three, I'm actually going to start streaking. I need it. I need one above the break three from Isaiah Hardenstein. And I swear, I'll tweet it every time he does it. I'll just start streaking. Like, I just need it. I need it so bad, bro. Like, Jericho says hit a three. Make it work. Make it work. Don't don't even speak that into existence (laughs) because Thibs will run away with that. He'll be like, look. Sims, he provides some spacing, you know. Did, at the Tim, he's gonna hit a three. The Tim's gonna hit the deed scream. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Please do not speak such atrocities into existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I think we are reaching the madness point because Tyrese is rooting for Jericho Sims threes, and we know what that can do I for also, Tom Thibodeau. Oh, I'm call medication right now, so like freaking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, is there anything else to talk about this game? Looking through the box score, I think we addressed pretty much everybody. Um, we spoke on Hartenstein. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on him? I mean, I, it looks like they're starting to use him more as like top of the key hub. I think that can open up things for the offense in the second unit. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah Roby's on the NBA players. Stop trying to put him in your lineups. Dude, he had a couple of really nice passes off the dribble. Oh, wow. He made a skip pass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Roby, Isaiah, Isaiah Roby he, he was on that, like, OKC team that was doing some terrible tanking um, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. He was wearing number 20. I thought it was Knox again. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> that, was, that, was Dylan, that, was, that was Dylan Windler. He looked like Knox a little bit, though. I know, like with the hair, with the hair braided, because Knox has braided now for whatever reason. Like, is Knox still in the NBA? He yeah, he's on Portland. Portland, on Portland. Right? Yeah. Did he play tonight? Um, probably. Probably. It's, it's interesting how they see him as part of their. I guess. No, they don't. He didn't play. No, no, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Fucking Knox. Well, it's, I mean, hey, he's still in the league. That's something. Yeah. That. That is him and Frank. Did you guys see Frank led the Hornets in shot attempts in their last game? Wait, what? Really? <laughs> I got that box score. It's one of the funniest wait, box scores wait, ever. Wait, wait, wait. Did he, wait, did he cook? Did he cook? Yeah, he, he played a Frank game. Oh, my God, everybody. He did not cook. He <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, he woke, he, he, let them he woke up that morning attempt? and just violence, man. Like, he was like... Two for 11? Oh, my God, Frank. What are you doing, dog? Three oh, steals, though. There's literally one way for him to play himself out of the league, and that's for him to just be like, fuck it, I'm shooting all the time. Like, that's it. Like, his defense and stuff and, like, whatever. He can be a bench player on any team in the league. That, that's that's yeah, the mentality like that Mets not well, It seems like there's it. no way to get yourself off the Hornets, so I think he's safe. Nice. You know what? That's yeah. true. That's true. There is only there, there. There is technically one way to get yourself off the Hornets. Let's do what Kai Jones did. But other than that, you're safe. Did you guys see that uh, that that compilation video where the guy was like, "All right, I get it. I get why he thinks he's the best player in the league." 
Dude, that video was crazy. What the fuck? He's got some insane athletic plays. Someone's going to take a chance on him. Someone's going to take a chance on him. And he was like nailing threes and stuff. I didn't even know he'd ever played an NBA game. Like, shows how much I'm paying attention to Kai Jones. (laughs) Sorry, dude. Please please don't come and kill me. Please. (laughs) I was joking. I was joking, dude. Please. Um, no i think i i i I think someone is going to take a chance on him i know some i don't know i think there might have been some knicks fans clamoring for them to take a chance on him why do we do this as there always are there are always knicks there's always knicks fans clamoring for someone to get a chance but there are people mad about trevor hughes and bull bull this season so you know what i understand (laughs) it bull bull is crazy that that was like that that oh. might have been rock bottom for Nick's Twitter. Like honestly, like if no, I if I had Trevor like, Keels, the Trevor Keels, like man, that guy's video is so funny. The Trevor <laughs> Keels, the Trevor Keels video. Like I'm done with this front office. Oh man, <laughs> what a life. But the bull 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 is crazy, man. Like I'm sorry. For Bobo, it's just like people get people see like the the people see the highlights and they get hype off that. That's it. Dog, what like, highlights? Because. The, like the rare, the rare highlight of him like shooting a three or like him blocking and then somebody. You look at the score is like 97, 76, not magic, and you're just like, oh, this is why he's playing at the garbage time. Like, <laughs> Bull Bull, Bull Bull plays NBA games like Mitch plays summer games against his friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Bull Bull is me against my nephews, bro. I'm just trying. Right? To- yeah. Nice. <laughs> He's just out there cooking, you know. I don't know. Some people think that he's really gonna get like some serious burn with the Suns this year. He's not even gonna be in the rotation. Is you he? got a sun burn for sure in Phoenix, but he's not paid. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, you still want to die as a rotation player? Like, come on! Like, what are we doing? Here? Yeah, there's another guy. Somebody picked him for. Si- oh, it was Wob. Wob was like, he's my sixth man of the year pick this year. Yuta. <laughs> <laughs> Did, no, did I, I, I don't think Bobo's going to be a The season just needs to It like, does. It does. It's been a horrible offseason. It's been horrible. Like <laughs> No, but I really don't think he's going to get minutes with them. Like, I'm looking at their rotation. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Because, like, after their starting five, it's like Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, Nazir Little. I see all those guys getting more minutes than him. And then you got Bates Diop and Chemezi Metu. I think they'll get more minutes over Bo Bowl for sure. Bo yeah. Bowl is going to be given now bowl bowls of Gatorade. Like you better, you better temper expectations for Bo Bowl, bro. Like please. Man. All right, Tyrese. Nathan Knight yeah. will play more yeah, NBA yeah, than Bo Bowl this year. Um, is Cam going to be in the rotation for the Lakers? No. That's all the preseason. I forgot Cameron was a Laker. Oh. <laughs> that's the man that's crazy it's i'm just telling wild. you all it takes is all it takes is a, a bad stint on the lakers for people to see the light on you that's all it takes it, it is weird like because oh, he had a bad stint on the knicks and everyone was like oh no it's just the tom thibodeau you know just but like you got ben just the knicks, like, once you do bad on the lakers the then it's for real then it's for real i rewatched like a lot of uh knicks during the offseason just because i was bored and i remember when the games were happening, like Cam made a lot of loud, positive defensive plays, you know, like, cause he had really good length and I would just, and he's good. On, and like, he, he was able to use it on the ball. One thing I definitely didn't catch in real time that I noticed in retrospect, 
he has to be one of the worst screen navigators I've ever seen in my entire life. That dude, like RJ dies on screen uh, on screens. And like, he's been much better at it in this preseason cam like dies, comes back, comes back to life, then dies again on those screens. Like he's just, he's literally just done for. And he's just out of the whole play. Like he basically think it's like, he's playing tag. And when you get tagged, you just have to go sit on the side, you know, or like, <laughs> like that's how he thinks getting screened is. It's crazy. He would just, stand, once the contact's made, he's done. He's just, he would do the little flail and reach, reach around. And then that's just it. And I was just like, Oh, that's why the defense still wasn't good when he was on the court. Cause they were playing four on five. Anytime somebody screened him. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Man, but yeah, we thankfully we don't have to deal with that anymore. We have people that you know don't die on screens as often or at all. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, go ahead, Therese. I said we we got the people like we got the can truthers who are now just like Obi Toppin. We should have never traded Obi Toppin truthers into like I feel like this year the truthers are like with Nathan Knight for whatever reason. Nathan Knight. They're just wow. like, no, we need a backup. No, no, no. They're all like Josh Hart's at a backup for. That's where the truthers are going this year. Tyrese, what are you gonna do if Obi is just averaging like twenty-one and eleven for Indy, and there's all-star conversations? I'll unplug two K. Knew he was gonna make a joke about some two K. It ain't me twenty-one and eleven. <laughs> well, Miles Turner doesn't really read twenty-one. Rebound. 21 miles ran on the court, maybe. 11 jumps at the rim in a game, oh maybe. God. Like, he's not average at 21 and 11. He's not even got 21 minutes. Jarese Walker's taking all his minutes. It is funny, though. It is funny that Obi went from being stuck behind Randall to blocking a rookie. Like, but here's the thing. Here, here's the thing that nobody will acknowledge about that. Rick Carlisle will play Jairus Walker and Obi Toppin together. Their minutes oh, will sure. not. Their minutes oh, will sure. not be mutually exclusive. So yeah. all these all these Knicks fans who defended Tibbs for making Obi and Randall's minutes mutually exclusive, who are now getting their jokes off, are missing the forest for the trees because Walker and Obi will play plenty of minutes together, and maybe even at the four and the five. Some I don't know. They do just play more minutes. Yeah, I could see Walker at the five in a small yeah, ball he's, unit. He's a good rim protector, right? Yeah. yeah, he's good. He's good. I just yeah, they'll definitely Rick Carlisle will definitely experiment. Yeah, I I don't have any doubts with, with Rick that. Carlisle experimenting Con- compared to what Dibs does. Whatever whatever Rick Carlisle will do, it, it's definitely experimenting. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. Rick Carlisle experimenting. I've seen it all. All right. That man has been bald since I was like a teen. Like, what are we doing here? What does his hair patterns have to do with what if he'll he do on the basketball hair, court? He's not experimenting with anything. Of the yeah, court. I think I think Tyrese is saying he should have gotten like a wig or something. You know, if he was a, oh, a little too He's like a true Sign. experimenter. Sign. <laughs> All right. All right. I think. We <laughs> how, about that, how about that forty-eight left-handed layup tonight? That was sick. <laughs> 48. Oh my gosh, is he really gonna play himself into the rotation? Did he really win the PR battle this offseason? I hope he does, bro. I will legitimately laugh my ass off if he somehow went from I hate this team, they're not trading me, my career is over to somehow getting like 10 minutes a night as pity. That would be let's just if the Knicks start with a 10-man rotation, like we shouldn't even joke about that. Just especially if it's if especially if it's Fournier. 
Like, oh my God. Uh, I'm when I, okay. When I said what I said to open the show about being kind of worried about Quickly's minutes, I was saying that with a nine man rotation. Like, yeah, he gets it. Um, I mean, here's the thing, Ace. I love that he's always here, by the way. Thanks for always Shout out Ace here. Bouchard, man. Yeah, he's what, always what here. Cool guy. Um, I met him at one of them strictly meetups. So when, you're, when you're insane like I am and you think quickly <laughs> should be playing like 40 minutes a game, yeah, I'm always going to be – no, but like um, when I said what I said to open the show, I was saying that about a nine-man rotation. If Tibbs has a 10-man rotation and he needs Brunson and Randall to each be playing 33 to 35 minutes a night, nobody else is going to play and he needs 48 minutes of Hardenstein Mitch. There's so what is that? That's that's 48 center minutes. But this said Jeff into a spiral. 30, 33, <laughs> 33 point guard minutes and 35 power forward minutes. So that's like there's 96 plus 13, 109 plus 15. There's 124 minutes left over for <laughs> players. They just he never he, there's no chance. Oh uh. <laughs> there's, there's no chance. Like the fact that the nightmare rotation is saving us from complete and utter madness <laughs> makes this season so much fun. Like we're gonna be a good team, we're gonna win a lot of games, but like there's always a the little hints of like what if? What if Tim just goes like crazy? He's just like, you know what? I can't wait. I think last thing I'm gonna say because I feel like we're trying to get off here. I can't I can't wait until we do the last preseason post post game. And I get to see Tyrese's process of going through predicting the Knicks, the Knicks win loss for their first 10 games. Cause you are the funniest person to watch go through that. You're like, I'm just going to look at the schedule. Now you always pick like, you, you always are like, Oh, Celtics food. We're beating the Celtics. Uh Oh, wizards. Uh Oh, like I can see him losing that game. And then like, you got not right. You, you, I remember we did it last year and you got it exactly right. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Their schedule to open the season is tough, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eight and two. Eight and two. <laughs> Whatever, man. Oh, oh, the Cavaliers. Oh, I'm so scared. Tag right. said three years sober and chat about Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> About to be All four. Right. <laughs> All right. I think show, now is the time to <laughs> descent into mm-hmm. madness. Um, all right. Shout out to everyone that's been here. You know, preseason, post game, you know, you guys don't have to be here, but you guys are here. So shout out to y'all that tuned in. Shout out to everyone that left a comment. Um, <clears throat> we appreciate you all for tuning in, and we'll be back on Tuesday for the Celtics preseason game. That one probably will be much more of a serious game than this game, assuming that the Celtics will actually play their actual players this time instead of guys that will be in Maine. Um, But yeah, um, check out all the links in the description. We got links to the site. We got links to the merch. We got links to yeah merch that we're rocking right now. Um, we got links to the um, Patreon. That is another way to support us and a way to get into the Strickland Discord to interact with other Knicks fans that enjoy the Strickland. Um, we got links to the Twitter. I'm not calling it that other thing that it's called right now, but mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter. A link to that is in the description as well. Make sure you are following us there. Give us a like and subscribe. We are still on our way to 1K subs. Um, and we are hoping that we can achieve that. 
as we head into the next regular season. Thank you guys for all your support. We will catch you guys on Tuesday. Peace out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.